When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yas, and I'm a UEFA licensed football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and I've got a very special guest with me today. My guest today is Jess Ibram. How are you going, Jess? Really good, Yes. Excellent. Jess, other side of the world, don't know whether it's a good morning, good afternoon, or a good evening right now, um, but if you don't mind, just maybe letting the listeners know a little bit about yourself and how you've got to where you got to. <laughs> yeah, so uh, evening here at the moment in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. We're currently in uh, lockdown. Um, I'm currently the technical director for the Football Federation of Samoa. Unfortunately, I can't travel there at the moment due to travel restrictions. So hopefully I'll be able to get over sooner rather than later. Um, been involved in the game now, lots of different uh, roles, primarily sort of technical leadership roles for about the last 21 years. Journey started way back in 2000. Um, had the opportunity to go out to the US and worked at summer camps or up to the college level. Spent about five years over there. Um, traveled quite comprehensively, really enjoyed it. It was a great experience, lots of different environments to be exposed to. Then I had the opportunity to come back to the UK and went straight into a club called Kingsland Football Club, actually, and play in the conference now, I believe. So I headed up the football development program there for around about six years. And then I got the itch to go back out abroad and had the opportunity to come out to New Zealand. To be honest, I didn't know too much about the country, if I'm being honest, in terms of a football aspect. But um, I was as a coach and developer and scout and spent the best part of around about three, three years working with them and then progressed to uh, the city of Wellington, the capital of New Zealand, as academy director for the Wellington Phoenix Football Club and worked really hard to establish the academy there and um, develop the academies to the level it's probably, probably at today. And then I had the um, opportunity to come go out to the Cook Islands as a technical director for the country, um, worked as a coach educator with New Zealand football, Oceania football, um, also worked as a National League coach here in the National League here in the New Zealand. So, yeah, just held lots of different roles, um, travelled quite comprehensively, Asia, Latin America, um, all around the Americas, Australasia, a lot of Europe as well. Been very fortunate with my roles to uh, probably where I find myself today. So that's probably a that's probably a short-winded story, to be honest. No, definitely. I think in, in there's so much things to unpack. But you know, I just want to take you back. You know, started about almost twenty-one years ago. Um, how did how did you how did that come about? You know, where, where did where did you decide that you know coaching is something you wanted to get into, more specifically within the world of football? It was, it was quite strange, a bit by fate, to be honest. I mean, I played, obviously, like a lot of, lot of um, youngsters do in the UK, and uh, you aspire to play at a really, really good level, and you quickly realise that, um, you know, you're probably not good enough to reach that level. So, for me, coaching was the next best thing. And 
all by chance, I just had the opportunity to come out to the US. A friend recommended me for, for me to come out. He, he'd come out to the US um, just for a summer and I bumped into him by chance. And it wasn't really a big thing, to be honest. You come out to the US, there's lots of opportunities for you to um, coach out here. You work at lots of different levels. You get travel experience as well. It's, you know, it's a really, really cool experience. It, it just all come about by chance. And then once I had that opportunity, yeah, I just didn't look back. And I, I realised then that, um, you know, I could make football a full-time profession and career. No, I think that's a, a, a great a great point there, you know, getting that experience going abroad and having the different travel experiences and not, not only all their, you know, building your own life experiences, but it'll actually help you understand different cultures and different environments and that you can obviously lend to your coaching as well. So, you know, there's a lot of experiences that you have had I'm really keen to know a bit more about your current role, what that entails and, you know, how, how that, what role it plays more specifically, not just in player development, potentially coach development as well. Yeah. So primarily within my role, I mean, obviously it's a bit, it's a bit difficult at the moment because I'm working remotely within a member association. Yeah. Coach education is a really driving piece of that. And for me, I'm a big believer in, um, the coach education frameworks that can be developed in member associations because I've been part of it myself in the US and in the UK like yourself as well. So I see the benefit of um, that particular area of mentoring people, educating people so they can become leaders and develop the game themselves. So um, sit in lots of different areas, you know, covering all the different, um, just just a whole raft of different, different things you can think of that go into developing football within that country. And it's very diverse. It's very um, uh, different in terms of your schedule. It's different every day, believe it or not. Even though I'm working remotely, I work in a different time zone. Um, Zoom has become a really, really great avenue for me to engage with the staff. And, you know, I, I engage with them in lots of different um, ways and lots of different means of, um, you know, communicating with the staff on a regular basis. But, um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to having your federation going forward, making sure we're, you know, we're aligned and we're hitting everything in terms of compliance, you know, as it relates to um, FIFA, you know, being our, you know, our main, our main funder, if you like. No, definitely. So just letting you know on that, you, you, you talked a little bit about your role with Samoa, but um, one of the things you touched on before is that, you know, you've had a series of roles in, you know, technical leadership. Uh, and I'm really interested to know maybe what, what in particular, if anything, um, your roles, whether current current role or previous roles, has taught you about leading others and, and the input and the importance of leadership within those environments, if you like. I guess I guess for me it comes down to sort of two key drivers, which is environment and people. And I've been really fortunate with the different environments which I've worked in and and managed to mould myself with others. Um, you know, it's enabled it's enabled me and the staff to create a really, really good environment, which has got a really, really strong culture and it's driven by the people within the environment. And, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been in a lot of different influential positions and, you know, it's just been, you know, an incredible journey for me to this point and very, very different, very, very challenging. Um, cause you're exposed to lots of different cultures. Like I have been in the different countries I've worked in, such as, the US, Mexico, Cook Islands, New Zealand, and now Samoa, they're all different. Um, they're all, you know, they've, they've all got different um, performance levels and each environment looks very, very different. But um, 
I guess for me, it's just, um, you know, you can't put a price on being in a position where you can actually help to support people to really drive the game forward. I totally agree with that. So I guess, you know, within that, you know, you, you talked there about being in a position to help people drive people forward. Now, you've been coaching for 21 years, you said. Um, you've had a lot of experiences and I'm sure you've had many, you know, major, major influences on your journey and you possibly had mentors. And I'm really interested, you know, over those 21 years, what some of the biggest lessons are that you've picked up yourself, whether that be from a mentor directly or indirectly, whether that be from a particular situation or scenario. Maybe just talk about, you know, what those situations are, those lessons are and how they may be impacted on your, your thinking and the way you practice your craft today, if you like. Yeah, um, that's a really good question, actually. When I first came out from the UK, um, uh, you know, I, 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 was very, I, was, I was very honed in. And uh, when I left the UK to come out to New Zealand, um, which is a completely different culture, but I was fortunate I worked with players from all around the world. But um, I was exposed to a, a Brazilian mentor um, and he really, really showed me to look at the game in a completely different way. He developed my philosophy of the game completely different and it made me a lot more rounded as an individual um, in the way in which I saw the game. So that was an incredible experience for me. It's having that ability to adapt in all the different environments I've, I've moved in. Otherwise, you, you won't last too long in the different environments that you're working in. And I feel very, very fortunate for every environment I've been in, through every uh you know, challenging scenario that I might have been within that environment is it's just created me to be a lot more rounded and adaptable and flexible, you know, as a, you know, as a profession working in football, really. So, um, yeah, I've been fortunate, you know, it's exposed me to a lot of different challenges. I'm not going to lie, just, just in terms of the cultural aspect. Also, the level of the game is, is so different to Europe, you know, and England itself. You know, it's, I was reading um, the other day, people talking that, you know, the football in this part of the world is is at the complete different spectrum. But you can still create a level of success in your own way. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, I agree with you. I think, um, I think success is also, it, it, it is very subjective. Um, I think a lot, a lot of people look at it and think, right, well, you know, you can only really get success in particular areas of the areas um, of the game. So, for instance, if you are in Europe and you're doing really well here, you know, it's probably not, it's probably not been as credited as much as if it is, you know, in, uh, you know, Oceania, Oceania countries or the Australasian countries. Um, so, I think within that, it's also understanding that you can only, you can only work with what you've got, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you know, you, you can't, you can't be. Yeah, you have to work within the, you know, you can you work on the context that you're in. So, but I think a key thing that you've you mentioned is obviously about the success piece, and I think that success is so subjective. So I guess you know, in in, in your role now, what does success look like? You, know, you talk there about being a technical a, t- a technical director, and how how, do, how does that get assessed? And what you know, and what what are the parameters that you're using or the variables you're looking at to kind of deem whether Right, we're on track. We're on the right. We're we're on the right track. A and B. Whether you're actually, how, how do you decide on those variables in the first place? Yeah, it, it takes time to shape that. I mean, um, I'm fortunate. I've got a very good relationship with um, the leadership group in in Samoa, particularly my president. So we're in the process. Actually, we're just finalising our um, our long term development plan. It's enabled us to where we can actually measure each football division. And 
where we want to take that take that football division year on year next year and subsequent years following on from that and leading into the World Cup in this part of the world, the Women's World Cup in 2023, just being part of that. So it's creating those real strong KPIs, those measurables for individual staff and us as a federation. And um, believe it or not now, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of accountability and there's a lot of, um, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of expectation upon member associations making sure that you're hitting those different compliance levels. For me, what what I want to do so in Samoa is Samoa has been notorious for being a, a nearly good footballing nation. And it's got huge potential, even though our rankings won't reflect it. Um, most definitely, we have the potential where we can move higher up the ladder within the Oceania region. So there's a lot of different strategies that we've already brought in that you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly convinced will really, really enhance that by bringing in good people, by bringing in strategies around recruitment and the youth teams, female team and men's team are performing at a lot better on the international level because they haven't really done that to date. Um, because if you talk to people, nine times out of 10 people just associate Samoa with rugby and what rugby's got that we haven't is rugby's got lots of aspirational um you know, rugby stars, we, we haven't in football. So we have to create that. And that will take some time. Um, I've got no doubt about it. But um, I've got a strong vision in terms of where I want to take the federation. But, you know, it will be measurable year on year. Well, see, so you, you, talk, you talk there about the, I guess, the potential stars in, in comparison to maybe the rugby setting. What is the strategy and how do you go about maybe developing a, a bigger interest in a more a more structured pathway that provides opportunities for, the, I guess, well, predominantly the young players in Samoa um, to start taking more of an interest in it, especially if there's not a country that's maybe rich in its history within the, within the sport of football in the first place. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, in, at participation level, football, um, it surpasses rugby in Samoa. And right. the, the, we are very, very fortunate. We're very well supported. And, you know, we're, we're, we've got really active grassroots programs in operation already. Mm. Um, one, one area that we're going to look to enhance will be a national academy. So we're hoping that next year we will have the first national academy in the country, which will then enable us to bring in the best players, male and female, into one centralised venue and um, work with those players on a regular basis. Um, because these will provide a platform for future youth teams and senior teams as well. Um, but it's really creating a passion for the game at a young age. And you only really get that through activity and really good concentrated activity, good quality activity. And so we've got a really strong federation at the moment in terms of staff and resource. So we've got probably close to 25 full-time staff who are in lots of different roles driving the game we've got a healthy competition two islands driving it so really my role will be to enhance everything at the grassroots level so it gives us a really strong platform and then align it as closely as we can with coach education because it's an area that really needs to be improved in Samoa um, and again there's massive interest you know if I look at other countries in the region you know some have, some have got more interest in terms of um, you know the game and the, you know how quickly it's growing but in other member associations it might not 
be like that. So, but for us, there is a real, real demand to see the game grow. So just just talk to, just talk to me. You mentioned there that you've um, you know you've had mentors in the past that have had an influence on your own philosophy and your in the way that you look at uh, I guess your craft in terms of coaching. What would you? How would you describe maybe the fundamentals of your own coaching philosophy? And you know where, where would you say some of that stuff's come from? And maybe could you allude to which elements of that have been maybe picked up from elsewhere and have been influenced by other other cultures or other people in particular? I probably don't. I don't see myself as a. Um, even though I am, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, you know, I'm, I'm a professional from England working abroad. But I, I, you know, I've, I, you know, immediately when you know you've got an accent like mine and you're working in a different part of the world, especially in this region, that people would associate you look at the game in a certain way, which I don't. Now, when I first left the UK, I probably did, but when I, from the moment I've left the UK to where certainly coach education has gone in the, in, in the UK. So it's just accelerated tenfold. Um, but for me, um, I'd say in terms of my own individual coaching philosophy, it's just something that's just, it's, it's just been um, molded over time. It's been molded from experience. And certainly when I was first in the UK, I was exposed to a really good mentor who I worked with closely for around about six years. Um, it enabled me to look at the game in a very, structured logical way um, and then you know obviously as I mentioned to you before when I came out to New Zealand and I was exposed to um, a Brazilian man I looked at the game completely different but I've managed to marry those I like to think sorry I've managed to marry those two together um, whereby you know um, play the game in a certain way but then you, you can always revert back to a real strong robust structuredness as well and certainly when I've gone into my roles um, I'll give you the Cook Islands as a, as a good example of that. So the Cook Islands is probably, I think it's the second to smallest member association in FIFA, it might be. So um, when we were going to tournaments, you know, we would we would actively set the team up just to be as competitive as possible, but very, very rigid, strong um, in structure and very hard to beat. Whereby, if I give an example, when I went to the Winter Phoenix as academy director there, we we had the best players um, that we could find at the youth level. So then, you know, everything changed, you know, in terms of the way in which we played the game and, you know, how we develop players as well. So, you know, my philosophy might have fitted very, very well in New Zealand, but coming out to Samoa, it's likely it will be very, very when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. different if that makes sense mm. no, definitely I think you, 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 you make a really great point there and I think 
coming from certain cultures, certain backgrounds, maybe there is a an expectation or perception that you're going to view the game in a particular way. But I think ultimately it's important that regardless of where you're from, that you are picking up on, you, you are constantly looking to learn different ways of looking at the game for different reasons. And it's also another key thing, I think, when it comes to coaching philosophy in particular, is for coaches to consider maybe where they're operating. And what I mean yeah. by that is whether they are yeah. coaches, whether they're the senior coaches, and that, never mind the playing philosophy side of things, but the actual, in, in terms of how you deliver how you deliver your work and the interactions you have with your players and the, you know the types of relationships that you're building and the way in which you go about doing that, is obviously going to be heavily impacted on that too. And it should be taken into consideration in terms of the way you do go about doing those things. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to touch on that point, yes, it, it, for me, it always, you know, I go back to that, those two main drivers for me, which is environment and people. And, you know, do you, when I talk to people around the world and people from Europe and, um, you know, I tell them about my environment and the environment they're working in, you know, different challenges, whatever, but, you know, it's just very, very different. It's just very, and you, you know, you've just got to adapt to that, that football and environment, the level it's at and the people we're working at. Yeah. 100%. Agree. 100% I agree with that. Uh, you know, so just, you know, coming back to yourself, then, you know, you, you've coached, well, you've been in the game for the last 21 years, you said. I'm really yeah. curious, you know, it's, it's quite a long time. Um, and I'm sure you're going to have many more years to come. So I'm really interested to know maybe what's, What's keeping you motivated to kind of keep going, and you know, what's driving that journey for you? Where's the, you know, what, what is the end goal? I've, I've been fortunate with the people who shaped the environment, um, and they've trusted me to do that. And as a result of that, I like to think that you know, there's been, you know, there's been an element of success that's been created with a, you know, a solid enough foundation. And for me, that, that that's my driver. You know, that that's my. Um, that's my challenge every day is to, you know, develop for me now within my current role, develop the federation better. You know, what, what can we be better at? Who can we engage more that is going to, you know, make the way in which we operate a particular area within the federation better. And, you know, really, even though we're in this, you know, strange situation now with COVID, it's, it's actually created a bit of an opportunity for us to really, you know shape things a lot better for the future as well but um that's my driver it, you know my drive my driver is to you know it sounds a cliche but it's to create fundamental good change you know that is gonna you know leave somewhere in a stronger position when i leave and that's the way i've looked at every role that i've been fortunate being you know i fully appreciate you know being in a role for a long period of time nowadays especially in football you know i just like to think that whenever i leave that role that um you know, I've managed to create good change for this, you know, to be in a stronger position going forward. Definitely. And I, I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's a great, great way to look at it. So I guess, you know, on, on that journey then, and we've all got them, uh, we've all been there, we, you know, we, we might not vocalise it as much as others, but what's been some of the big, biggest bugbears for you on your journey along that way? 21 years, various different countries, any, any particular things that happen across all the environments which is consistent that you think... God knows why that happens. Well, two two key points for me is um, people being willing to adapt. Um, and people could say, well, you know, you should adapt. But I like to think I'm adaptable. I'm an adaptable individual. Well, I must be because I've worked in four or five different countries today. Yeah. So, you know, it's working within, you know, different environments and people being willing to adapt 
um, to change, which is a scary thing, but it can also be a really, really positive thing. Um, but also um, to really, really grow and impact the game and to really bring people along the journey so that you can let them know that they can be part of creating that change as well. And, you know, there's a, there's a reason why certain certain clubs, organisations, federations or whatever um, churn out the same results because nine times out of ten, they're, um, they're rolling out the same work. So, <laughs> you know, that's the way I look upon it. You know, I, everywhere I go, I see what well, I see potential. So, how, you know, I see some more potential. Other people might not see it, but I see it. I see huge potential. But um, I, I guess they've heard the two key takeaways for me is the different environments worked in people being willing to um, change and then also people willing to look at the potential where you can go at in the future as well. Mm. And, you know, you, you talked about some of the, some of those two key points there, but within that journey, 21 years in various different countries, what is it, is it five or six different countries, is it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say has been the biggest challenge? Because quite often, one of the biggest challenges you, you might be a potentially adjusting to different environments and having to, you know, recalibrate yourself if you like. Um, what what has been your biggest challenge? And you know, have you, how have you been able to deal with that? Uh, di- different in a lot of different. I'd say um, probably two most recent ones for me. Um, I was national league coach and director of football for a, a national league club in New Zealand and we were quite a new franchise four years old and the club operated at an amateur level mm. we were playing at the highest to create change with that so that people could actually see the potential where we could actually go and towards the end we did create that through lots of different um, moments I guess of success within our own right but um, that would be one one area for me where it was really 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 challenging to not not to bring it up to an elite professional level, just a standard. And if that was a big, big challenge, I'd say when I was technical director in the Cook Islands, completely different. You are, um, and this is more of a, a challenge from a from outside a football perspective. Seventeen thousand people on the island. You are miles away from um, you know uh, you know another country. You're, you know three and a half hours on a flight, four hours on a flight from another country and you're in the middle of nowhere and you've got to try and develop a game. And that's not easy. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not easy working in those different environments and all the challenges that go with it in terms of, um, you know, the, the level of the game, how people want to, um, how people don't want to change within the game. And um, so I'd say the Cook Islands was a real, real big challenge for me. Um, but certainly for all of those different experiences, they've really, really helped and shaped me going forward. And now going into my role now here as technical director for Samoa, I know if I wouldn't have had that similar experience as technical director for the Cook Islands, I probably wouldn't get adapt when I'm, you know, when I'm working with, working with people and working with a different federation. No, I think it's a great point there. And I think, you know, for, you, for yourself then, having had those experiences, you know, uh, you know those challenges and, Having had the the the, the, you know, the learned lessons you have, and had the mentors you've had, and the people that have influenced your journey along the way, if you could go back to the start of those twenty one years and talk to the, talk to a young Josiah from back then, going into coaching for the first time, knowing what you know now, what's one message that you'd give yourself? 
say, do your coaching licenses as early as you can. And yeah, I'd, I'd get uh, my, my biggest suggestion, you know, because, you know, I do speak to a lot of young coaches who might contact me for advice and whatever else. And, and the first thing I say to them is, is whatever country you're working in, get on a coach education framework as early as you can. And that, that is probably my biggest regret is that I didn't do it early enough. Even though I wasn't too old when I, you know, I was probably sort of 22 or, um, but I should, I should have started that journey a lot earlier. Um, I'd also say in terms of be just, just trying to be open to um, opportunities as and when they come about, um, you know, which I've probably not been as much as what I should have, should have done certainly when I was younger. But um, yeah, for me, it's just um, exposing yourself to um, coach educational opportunities as early as sure that's quite an interesting point there um because a lot of a lot of coach educators a lot of people in the game would say to you right uh, yes get your coaching licenses but a lot of people would also tell you know young coaches to maybe take their time Mm. um now if if i go back to my own journey i mean I, i i did my level one level two within the space of maybe 18 months managed to get through the youth award got goalkeeping level two at the time and but you know I think all from start starting my journey till well getting my A license I think maybe the space of six years six or seven years I think it was yeah um, now a lot of people say well that's that's quite a quite a short space of time and I, I, I actually agree I think for me personally and I think it's a very personal thing that I had a better I thought I had a better opportunity to understand what was expected of me by actually going on the qualification. So I know what I'm working towards in terms of that coach education pathway, if you like. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of other people have often said, well, you know, you should take your time, take your time to consolidate the stuff that you've picked up on the, on the, on the course and whatnot. But one of the other challenges that maybe young coaches do have is just how quick they should go along that journey. What you thought? And I think on one of the key points as well is I'd just say, yeah, I guess for me it's marrying it up with practical coaching experience. And as long as you're in the right environment around the right people, then you'll you you know you'll you'll feel it. You'll know what you'll know when the time is right for you to move on. And I, one of the best bits of advice I was ever given was um by the late Dick Bate, um coach educator English FA absolute legend coach educator for me and I was fortunate I'd done my A license with him and one of the best bit of advice he gave to everybody on the course quite early was to understand that you know if you're going to move in a particular direction within coaching you know have it laid out actually have it laid out on paper what you know where you're going to move what year you're going to look to do this coaching license what you know how you're going to accumulate that coaching experience that for me was one of the best bits of advice I've ever been given because you don't you know when you when you're younger you don't really look upon it like that you just you just oh just you know i'll get into coaching see where this journey takes me and but from that moment on that really really um resonated with me that really did yeah i can relate to that as well for me personally i mean i it it was a case of early on when i started coaching i didn't really know what was what i wanted to do long term but i got into it and i thought yeah this is definitely what i want to do and from that point i similar to what you've just described there i had a plan I wanted to get this qualification by this time and I had yeah. to maybe assess what type of environment was going to help me get there and how I was going to go about achieving that. So that was really important for me. And I think that having that that in place is definitely something um, to consider. 
for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, technical director now at Samar, but what's yeah. next? In, interesting question. I mean, I, I I probably see myself within a similar role. I I enjoy the roles where I'm in a position of um, leadership influence, if you like. Um, I really enjoy working with people and um, at lots of different levels, and. I definitely enjoy working within the elite youth space and that's something mm-hmm. I've done previously in my career and potentially that's what I see myself doing in the future. Um, you know, is working within that area of the game because it's something I really, really enjoy is just, you know, working with younger players, developing players onto a different player pathway, whatever it might well be, and just seeing them progress within the game. It's not as a player, it's as a coach or something else within the game. Sure. I think I think that's really important. I think it's one of the reasons I've, I've done the podcast in the first place, and I've started speaking to people from all different um, avenues within the game, is to help people understand that there is there is not just a coaching route to go down. There is many different routes to go down. And you talked about it right at the start of the you know the conversation in not having the potential to become a player potentially essentially, um, and that coaching was the next best thing. Um, and what I find from my experience, a lot of people think coaching is the next best thing, and it it could be for, for most. It could be for some. But I think a lot of people fall down that view because they're not really aware of what other um, avenues there are. So I guess, yeah, I agree. You know, as we look to round up, then you know, if you had sixty seconds now to leave the listeners with one golden nugget to maybe take forward and potentially apply in their own journeys and uh, and beyond, what would that be? For me, and what's um, worked for me is um, just asking. Ask, asking people, you would be amazed at the people who are willing to help. And, you know, as long as you approach people in the right manner and, you know, you're upfront, people will help. And I've been really fortunate. I've had some incredible experiences within the game. I've been exposed to some real high-class performance football environments. And to be brutally honest with you, that was just through asking. And I don't believe that people do it enough. I don't believe that people put themselves out there enough. And, you know, opportunities aren't just going to lay in your lap. You know, you, you, you've got to really, really go out and seek them yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. I think it's, you know, definitely putting yourself out there and just asking the questions. Um, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yep. And, and, I, and I think that's probably the, the easiest way to kind of leave it. Um, but Jess, you know, it's been, it's very, been a very insightful conversation around your journey and just, you know, not to wish your journey away or wish your career to come to an end, but you know, when your career does eventually come to an end or better yet in all the environments that you've been able to step in when stepping away from them, what, what, what's the kind of uh, the memory or the legacy that you want to leave behind around who Jess Ibram is and the impact you've had in that particular environment or person that you've, you've come into account with. I really hope that um, through each of the environments I've been fortunate to work in is that, um, I guess my, for me, my legacy will be measured by the people that are left within that environment, and and you know enable you know enabling those people to, to that they've gone on and helped to drive the game even further as well. So, for me, you know, and looking back on each of the different roles, is you know looking back on those roles and thinking, yep, you know what, um, created something there, created something that was a level of success within their own right, and. There's now people that have taken it on and they've moved it to a high level as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Jess, 
just before we head off then, if there's any uh, listeners or viewers out there that want to maybe get um, a bit more insight into your journey, delve deeper in some of the things that we've discussed here, or have any other questions for you, is there somewhere they can do that? Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm always open to, um, you know, sharing different experiences of people from, you know, all around the world at lots of different levels. So they can come on LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on my website. Um, Twitter is another one. Just, just reach out. Just reach out if anyone wants advice. I'm more than happy to help because, you know, people do approach me and I approach other people. So, you know, the network in football, as you probably know, yeah, is, uh, is quite small. And, um, you know, it's a good way to engage with people. So, yeah, just, just reach out if people want to have any advice in and around the region, this part of the world or, you know, different roles. Um, I'll be fortunate to work in. Definitely. Um, and are you on social media where they can maybe get in touch with you to do that? Yeah, so, um, yeah, just on Twitter, um, people can just, Jess Ibram, um, active on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Yeah. Um, amazing. I'll be, I'll be sure to share that in the show notes as well. But Jess, look, it's been a real pleasure um, speaking to you this morning over here, with this evening for you. Um, I hope you achieve everything that you set out to achieve as, you know, as part of your, your development plan and, and, and beyond. Um, and wish you all the best for the rest of your career. Brilliant. Likewise, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, thanks again. I'm an avid follower of the show. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to a lot more podcasts coming up. Amazing. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.